0: So why haven't I heard of this, squad? Experimental Unit Clone Force, 99. the defective clones with, uh, desirable mutations. 99, eh? Huh. Nice touch. They call themselves the Bad Batch.
1: Cavalry has arrived! It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the Clone Army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists! So step in and prepare for adventure, because it's time to Send in the Clones! In this episode... Courageous Captain Rex begins to recognize that the enemy are suspiciously familiar with his tactics. So, along with Cody, Kix and Jesse and an experimental squad of mutant clones, Captain Rex heads behind enemy lines to search for answers.
0: Hey, Choops, it's your old buddy, Bucho. a Clone Wars rookie. I'm my first ever watch of The Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship honors, third ever watch of the Clone Wars, he's the hunter to my wrecker. It's your trusty pal, Robbie. How's it going, everyone? Although we can't really say you're on your third ever watch anymore, can we, Robbie? We've got to say, you're obviously a Clone Wars veteran, because you've watched everything at least three times, and I've only watched everything once. Although, I guess technically twice, since my M.O. is to watch the whole episode and then re-watch it. With pauses to take notes, but as we talk about the 122nd episode in the Star Clone Wars Chronology, written by Brent Friedman, also wrote the Moralo Uval arc and Robbie, the Wax and Gascon arc. And this is directed by Carl Dunleavy, it's season 7, episode 1, The Bad Batch. And we always open by asking, What did you remember about this episode before you rewatched it again last week, Robbie? And I was thinking, Here in season 7, I don't know if I can do that. And then I was thinking, wait a minute, with this arc, I can do that because these existed in a previous form. So let's launch with you letting us know a little bit about the history of this episode because the Bad Batch didn't just pop out of nowhere. It's a story and an episode that's been around for quite some time.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is uh, it's funny because now I've actually watched a, a form of this episode three times now. Because I do the, with this new episode, I did the exact same thing as you did. I just watched it, let it kind of wash over me and just enjoy it. And then I went back and took notes. But the original time that I watched it was in that animatic form that was on StarWars.com for so many years after the Clone Wars kind of, I guess, ended its run, at least at least temporarily, right? So right. this story is very similar. There's a couple of scenes that I think I could be wrong. I could be misremembering. But there, it feels like there's a couple of scenes that have been added, but uh, for the most part, it's very, very similar to what I remember before, at least story-wise, character-wise. But I gotta say, it feels weird because we just recently finished rewatching everything, but it feels good to be back, even though it's, you know, for us it really hasn't been that long, but... For me, I guess in my brain, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've watched a brand new episode, so it's it's really, this is a, yeah, this is just awesome.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be the experience, I'm sure, for a lot of you Clone Wars veterans. For me, it's really just rolled on, you know, it's been like a constant thing all the way since, when did we start the September, October last year, so I only had to wait a few days to get to this episode from the time I watched episode 121, season 6, episode 13, sacrifice, but you veterans this is it's been a wait and that wait ends during the battle of anaxis with the republic forces led by mace and anakin attempting to defend the republic's largest shipyard which looks pretty awesome from above but it's not going well for them Robbie. it turns out them the pesky separatists led by master strategist and creepy tarantula man admiral trench they've been making life on an no fun at all for our heroes and that leads to commander cody Captain Rex approaching the Jedi Generals to request they be allowed to take a special mission behind enemy lines to try and discover why the enemy seems to know all of Rex's moves. And after the generals approve the mission and Rex and Cody are alone again Rex tells Cody that he thinks that a possible explanation for the Separatist's ability to predict his tactics is that Echo is still alive somehow. Dun dun dun! (laughs) And the reason he thinks this is that the plans they've been using are strategies that Rex and Echo had drawn up together. And at this suggestion, Cody tells Rex he's cray-cray, which is the correct response, since we all saw Echo get shot down at the Citadel, but Rex isn't so sure. And so Cody and Rex, along with Kix and Jesse, head out to meet Experimental Clone Squad 99 at the Atlantic Bad. And there on the platform, they and we... Meet the leader hunter, the sharpshooter crosshair, a hacker called Tick, and a one-eyed, super-sized, muscle-clone called Wrecker. And i got a few notes here, Robbie. The first one is that I'm always happy when Master Strategist and Creepy Tarantula Man Admiral Trench is on the scene. He's always going to have a special place in my heart because he was the bad guy in the first episode I ever watched. Cat and Mouse. Also... Rex should really be promoted by now. He's obviously awesome. He seems to be the guy who's coming up with all the strategies and tactics, but for some reason he's been a captain forever. I also have a note here that I love the sound of the Bad Batch's shuttle. It's sort of low, kind of ominous. It sounds like the sort of ship that a bunch of Mavericks would be flying somehow. It's just a neat piece of sound design. Although their approach to the landing platform is very rude. They come in very low... (laughs) They blow over a bunch of cargo crates and possibly one or two people. And the other two notes I have here are about appearance. Crosshair started to remind me of Pre with his very pointy features and his close-shaved head. And Hunter is obviously very, very Billy from Predator. So how did you like this first part of the episode, Robbie, when we meet the Bad Batch?
2: It's kind of funny that you said Billy from Predator. I got like a heavy Rambo thing from him. I mean, I can totally see, you know, Billy from Predator 2, but yeah, I mean, it's so fun to see, it's almost like Clone Wars Unleashed, in a way, it just feels so much bigger and more refined, I guess, I mean, just from the opening shot, uh, the narration that we know so well, you know, kind of giving you a a primer on what's been going on, you know, it's, we're kind of used to a style of that, and with this, we've got a brand new style, with, with fade ins and I don't know, there's something about it that's just really, really beautiful the way that it's done. And then, you know, just that first scene of Mace Windu and Anakin and, and Rex and Cody, there's a, a huge jump in the animation of their faces. The way that they talk. Anakin in particular, he only has one line in this brief interchange between, you know, the four of them, but you can tell that there's been a definite jump in the in the animation. And it's just really cool to see. And and then even the way that Mace Windu's robes I don't know what you even call that. It's not really he's not really wearing robes, it's just his his outfit. There's a movement to the fabric that seems more natural. That's like for me, all of that stuff jumps out and it just makes me really, really happy to see this jump in technical ability. I mean, the particle effects, the the smoke effects, the the sparks, the way that the you know, when they crash land and the, the way that everything looks, it's just, it's a huge, huge, huge jump, and the lighting is beautiful, that sort of, I've spoken about it many times, this volumetric, you know, the feeling of depth, the way that things are shot, it's almost like they're on a, a different camera lens in this in this episode, even though it's not really a different camera lens, it's just a jump in, uh, in their prowess, I guess, you know, the technical ability, it's just awesome to see. And D. Bradley Baker, I mean, come on. Where is this guy's Emmy? <laughs> Where is this guy's, you know, he's, he needs some sort of award. I mean, his his ability to do all of these different personalities with the same basic voice template almost is nothing short of amazing. And let's all give a, a big round of applause for D. Bradley Baker, please. <laughs>
0: He's pretty great for sure Robbie. Well you mentioned there that they crash land and so let's get to that part where they crash land because on the way in, there's a little bit of tension between the troops when the ornery attitude of Crosshair rubs kicks the wrong way. And then there's even more tension when a couple of pesky spider droids shoot down our hero's dropship which injures Cody which allows Wrecker to show off his super strength by lifting the dropship off Cody. But they ain't out of the woods yet because next up, they're attacked by a wave of battle droids, which the Bad Batch defeats by meeting them head on, which is a maneuver that confuses Trench's tactical droids, since he's apparently never seen clone troopers pull anything like that before. And then it's time for another maneuver after first engaging in some more inter-trooper rivalry, as Rex decides they should use Bad Batch type tactics to take an outpost in order to check whether they can steal any vital info from its data banks and from that outpost our heroes advance to the cyber center and then they blast their way in allowing Rex and Tech to discover that the separatists aren't using an algorithm they're using a live signal and that live signal sounds human and is repeating CT1409 which is Echo's ID number Robbie and the main... <laughs> note I've got here is that, well, I'll I'll just give it away. My shot of the episode is Ricka walking away from the downed dropship with Cody over his shoulder, and he calls out, boom, (laughs) a split second before the dropship goes boom. Although it could be said that Ricka's first aid skills are kind of terrible, Robbie, since everyone knows that if you don't move an injured person until you've assessed their injuries, so seeing him ragdoll Cody is, is kind of worrying. Although in this case, given that the ship exploded seconds later, maybe... It was good that he just didn't take any time to mess around with it. But the other note I have is a real simple one. It's just that it looks like there's an Aurora floating in the night sky behind Hunter when he tells the troops to cut it out after they start sniping at each other again. So how'd you like the rest of this episode, Roby?
2: Well, this is, again, without going into too much detail on the technical ability of, of them being able to animate some of the stuff that they do, my shot of the episode, I'll just give it away is the shot of the tank going through sort of, I guess, the vegetation. I don't even know what you call it. It it almost crumbles. But the way that it looks, the way that the light's going through it, it's just, there's something about that that I just was, I was taken aback because it was a sense of weight to it that I just really, really, really loved. And the attack on the outpost with no music is a scene that I never knew that I needed. (laughs) there was something about it that just made it feel real and I guess it's just because there wasn't any music but the sound was just beautiful and the way that it shot it's almost like the battle droids have more weight now there's I don't know there's something about the way that they sounded and the way that they were animated that I just really liked it wasn't like a bunch of I hesitate to use this term but in the previous six seasons I've always kind of gotten the feeling that they were almost made of a plastic. The way that they moved, there was a weight to them that almost made them feel like plastic. Almost like action figures in a way. The way that they moved, the way that they fell. There's something very unrealistic about it. But for some reason, and again, it could just be the sound design, but I felt the weight of them... I don't know, there was just something about it that was just so well done that I loved. And then, the assault on the cyber center. The POV of the camera is almost like you're part of the team, and it's almost like there's a cameraman there, and he's reacting to the different parts of the action as he's rounding the corner and seeing it. The, and then he looks back, and he sees it's just the way that the way that it moves is so awesome. And I feel like it's we're in this new. More advanced animation style, and the directors and the animators are using it to full effect. Because I love the way that the camera moved. I love the decisions that were made here. There's so much great stuff. And I spoke earlier about the animation on on Mason Anakin, but even Admiral Trench seems to have a lot of, I guess, advancements in in his design and the way that he's animated. Because he, there was something about the way that he moved that was different. That the way that he spoke. The way that he spoke? You know what I mean? The the animation just looks different. The animation of his mouth? Yeah, it just looks... It's just better. I don't know. There's something just... Like, I I was almost giddy with all of the the advancements in the way that things looked. The only... I guess my only criticism of the episode is that I feel that even though we got sort of like a little... Almost like, for for me, it felt almost like a Predator callback when Rex is looking at the picture of Heavy and Echo and Fives and... It almost did a disservice to the episode in a way, because it felt like we were leading up to the point where, yeah, Rex is right. Echo is alive. It seems like they missed an opportunity there for that to be a big surprise at the end. Sure. There's something about it that just, it rang a little hollow to me. But even so, I mean, gosh, what what a fun episode. And each of the four Bad Batch crew members, team members, whatever you want to call them, each of them are very, very likable and very interesting on their own. I mean, just seeing, uh, oh god, what's his name? The, the sniper. Crosshair? It's
0: funny you call him likable because I thought he was a bit of a nerf herder, you know? That guy. Crosshair? Yeah. He's got all these problems with kicks and, like, geez, chill out, dude. Kicks is awesome. See, I what's like wrong that. With though? You? Yeah, we don't usually travel with Ricks. Yeah, you're kind of a nerf herder, you know?
2: You're an arrogant <laughs> you see kind that, of, uh, see, womp rat. See, I like that. I like that there's. I mean, it, you could almost call it arbitrary, you know. Of course, they're going to have uh, some differences. I mean, that's part of being on a team, you know. There's going to be some sniping back and forth. <laughs> no pun intended. But uh, just watching Crosshair work is so much fun to see. I really, really just enjoyed this episode. So much fun.
0: Yeah, it was fun to watch. It reminded me of Missing an Action. that we see a lot of point of view shots of Gregor when he goes in. He's kind of more of a lone wolf, obviously, than this guy gang the bad bitch but we see a lot of point of view shots of him in that episode and i also remarked when we did the box that it was just fun to see obi-wan sniping those squares in that sort of video game section of the the box so yeah i really like the way that they sort of called back and of course also the main sniper that we've met before and our number one sniper steela guerrera she was awesome and it was always fun to watch her work so yeah, I enjoyed seeing that from Crosshair as well, although Steel are far, far more likable than Crosshair, Robbie. I mean, I get what you're saying, <laughs> that it was entertaining, but in terms of being likable, I, I don't know. Crosshair's got to earn it from me a little bit more because he's just not a, not a fun guy. And maybe it's because he looked too much like pre like I noted before. He looks so much like pre that, you know, I had this sort of blocker against, <laughs> against being too fond of him. But we've already given away our favourite shots of the episode, Robbie, so let's get on with bringing this one... And for a landing we need to sum up and give our rating so after your third watch of the bad batch your actual well your second watch how does it go again you watched it once in the past with animatics and now you watched the real full version how did you like the bad batch robbie and where does it sit on that four star robbie scale
2: well i feel like it's very tough for me to give this anything but a high rating because i enjoyed it so much but it's one of those things where i i feel like I'm giving it a lot of credit that maybe it doesn't quite deserve just because we're so glad to see the Con Wars back. But I really do feel like it's a solid episode. And even though, you know, him kind of alluding to Echo being alive at the beginning of the episode kind of lessens the effect when it's, you know, confirmed later on in the episode, I still really, really enjoy this one. So I'm going to give this one a 3.75 out of 4. Pretty
0: strong, Robbie. I'm not quite that strong on it but having said that I've given it 8 desirable mutations out of 10 which is still a real strong rating. I just really dig the idea of these defective clones who have these advantageous mutations you know it's like another spin on their squad namesake 99 and I also really dig this hopeful notion that Echo might be alive you know however the episode plays the narrative on it I would be super stoked if Echo was still alive although I also have just a little sense of dread after what happened to five that maybe I should be careful what I wish for because if Echo is still alive and he's being kept alive all this time and they're and somehow getting all these things out of his brain maybe it's not going to be pretty when we finally find him but that is mission accomplished for season seven episode one the bad batch so Robbie won't you please let the troops out there know what are our communications channels
2: Sure, we are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail, Twitter, and Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y.
0: Yes, sir, and of course the troops can join us again next time for the 123rd episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology, Season 7, Episode 2, A Distant Echo, which may be one of the best pun titles in the history of Star Wars. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are
1: out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing this show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Bucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Robbie at gmail.com
2: May the force be with you. That number,
1: Cap. What did it mean? ZT 1409. That was Echo's number. He's alive.